What's up, everybody? Episode 88 of the Howl Infinity Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. I am your host, Jacob Knight, and we got a great show lined up for you today, folks. On today's episode, we're going to start off by giving my salute to all the black content creators out there, and then we're going to dive into the new Mortal Kombat trailer that was released last week and has social media buzzing. Then next, we're going to talk about the new season of Snowfall. And then finally, with the first half of the NBA season coming to an end, we're going to take a look at the NBA season so far. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yes, 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 that's on a weekend, everybody. Episode 88 of the High on Infinity podcast, a podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. Like always, I'm your host, Jacob Knight. First time listening to the podcast, welcome to the podcast. And if you are a returning listener, we're glad to have you back for another fantastic episode. And please like us on our social media sites, like us on Facebook at High on Infinity Podcast, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at High Infinity Pod, or follow me on my personal accounts, Twitter and Instagram at So Yam Asian. And if you did not get all that, just hit the link tree link up in the bio of the podcast. As all our podcast social media platforms and our podcast streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. And last but not least, if you like what you hear, please leave your boy a five-star review on your preferred streaming platform. And don't forget, merchandise is available on our merchandise site, which is in the link tree link. So go check that out. Flash Sale Friday, like always, is on a Friday. But moving on, hope everybody's doing well. Doing pretty good myself. Week has been going great, ready for this upcoming weekend, but last weekend, I found something interesting. So I went grocery shopping at Walmart, but before I got my stuff, I went to the vinyl records section, and yes, Walmart do sell vinyls now, so I checked out what they had. They had a lot of classic like rock albums, you know, from like the Beatles, Rush, and other, you know, classic rock bands, but they were kind of slacking in the rap department, because I think one other time, the last time I went, I was just looking around, and I found J. Cole's 2014 Forest Hill drive vinyl and i was like okay that's cool you know i already own his kod vinyl but something told me to get it at the time but you know at the time that's one of the things like yeah i want it but i really don't need it at the moment and i looked for it again this time and it didn't have it and i was like damn should have got it that one time i found it but the only rap vinyls they had were i think kid cuddy's man on the moon record and they had both mac miller's blue slide park and circles and also a biggie's greatest hits all of them were over $30, and I was going to get the Circles vinyl, and I was like, I still need to go grocery shopping. I don't need to get this record at the moment. Just let me look and see what else I can find. And then I found a vinyl of the soundtrack to Stranger Things. And y'all know, countless times on this podcast, I talked about Stranger Things. Y'all know I'm a huge Stranger Things fan, and the vinyl was only like $20. So I copped that for the collection. So you might see that in the background of my next video. And I've been wanting to update my vinyl collection for a good minute now. You know, with the Stranger Things vinyl, my collection is up to four. But the one vinyl, the one vinyl I've been looking for for years now is Chance the Rapper's Acid Rap vinyl. I was able to find it a few years ago on eBay for like 90 bucks. Because if I'm correct, the vinyl record itself is yellow instead of black. So I assume if the vinyl record is another color, but black is going to be a little more expensive. But at the time, I was a broke college kid. So it probably wasn't the smartest thing to buy at the moment. Then I looked a couple weeks ago and I saw someone was selling a vinyl for $400. So the hunt is still continuing for a cheaper price for the acid wrap vinyl. If you know somebody, just hit your boy up. But that's enough for vinyl talk right now. Before we start this week's episode, let's talk about next week's episode. 
there will be no episode next week. Taking a week off to rest and recuperate. So we'll be back the following week. But during that week off, I'm going to try to put out some content. Maybe a short video or something, but I don't know yet at the moment. So let's get into this week's topic. Got a good show lined up talking about the Mortal Kombat trailer that was released last week. And that has social media buzzing. They're going to look into the new season of Snowfall, which comes on today or tonight on FX. And then we're going to wrap things up with the first half of the NBA season so far. But before we get into that, yes, I've been podcasting for at least two years now doesn't feel like it to be honest but you know what they say time flies when you're having fun so this may is a huge month for the podcast if things go according to plan at the beginning of may will be the two-year anniversary of the podcast and the end of may will hit 100 episodes of the podcast so that's something to look forward to so i do consider myself a content creator in a way yeah i will yeah, call myself a content creator because podcasting is a form of content you know, I'm, I'm going to try to branch out to other forms at one point in time in the future. A content creator is someone who creates all aspiring content for their viewers. So I'm going to take time and dedicate a segment to content creators. So this next segment is dedicated solely for the black content creators out there. So I got this idea a couple weeks ago. I originally wanted to highlight movies made by black creators, you know, like Us, Get Out, Friday series, Boys in the Hood, etc., etc., and I wanted to dedicate each week to one of those movies, but it was like mid-February when I got the idea, and to watch and cover those movies, I needed to prepare in advance. So I was thinking, how can I honor black content creators during Black History Month? Then I thought about it. I like podcasts. I watch YouTube. I be on social media and all that other stuff, and there are a lot of great black content creators out there that I want to highlight and I may not get to everybody. Please forgive me because I am going to miss some people. So we're going to take this time as honor all of the black content creators out there. We're going to start off with, you know, some of the more well-known ones we see on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and all over social media. And when I thought about this idea, these were the three, like, as you could say, the more popular black content creators that I thought of. First, of course, you know, RDC World, probably one of my favorite content creators in general out there. I've been following them for a couple years now, and I think the first video I saw of them was probably their GameStop employees be like video. You know, like, of course, most of us have been to GameStop. Be going to GameStop, you have a PlayStation 4, like five or 10 games. They only give you like $20 in cash form, and they do a lot of other stuff as well. They do their LeBron reaction videos, and a few weeks ago, they finally got their flowers when LeBron James retweeted their latest video about him and they also have the anime house series which is very good uh, you got the video game house cartoon house and basically any other thing in pop culture that is relevant at the time and another one of the more popular creators that is one of my favorites is definitely spice adams you know spice adams the a uh, ha ha guy and that wasn't even the first video i saw of him i think the first time i saw him was probably his Kendrick Lamar Dam reaction video and he does other videos as well like his old head be like video where he plays a whole bunch of different characters and also if you watch sports especially basketball and a star player is missing a whole bunch of shots then you see people post a video of Spice Adams where he plays that character where he's missing a whole bunch of shots horrifically on purpose and last but not least of as you can say the big three of my favorite black content creators is Kev on stage I can't remember what video I saw him first, but I do remember he was on or still on a YouTube channel called All Death Digital, another great 
black content creating YouTube channel. I suggest you go check that out as well. He was on one of their more popular shows called Roast Me. Basically, that's just a show with a whole bunch of like comedians sit in a room and just make fun of each other. And I remember I saw him on one episode. I said, hey, I know that guy from his Facebook videos. And then he branched out and did his own thing. He does stand up. He has like reaction videos of like popular trends on social media that he posts on his, you know, of course, his own social media. And to me, he just has like this dad humor about it. My dad humor makes me laugh for some reason. And there are other great black content creators out there that I follow that does all sorts of things. And I happen to be friends with a lot of them, like my podcasting creators, my friend Tyler Stash House podcast. I was just on his podcast a couple episodes ago. And he was on my podcast last year. You got my friend AJ from the Red Room podcast. Once again, he was on my podcast last year. And my guy Chris from the Szechuan podcast. All three guys doing great work on their podcast respectively, you know, given their unique perspective on music, culture, and all the other hottest current events out there at the moment. And all their podcasts are available on streaming platforms. And then you got my friend Angel who does her thing over there in her own business called Angel H Studios. You know, she's killing it in the photography game. She usually wears a lot of hats, but photographer is probably the easiest way to introduce her as. She's based up in Durham, North Carolina. She's a wedding photographer and a music photographer at concerts. You know, when concerts were a thing back in the day. And she has her own podcast as well, doing good things on there. Called it's called Honey and Hustle. And that podcast, usually she talks to like local business owners, entrepreneurs, and other content creators. Very good stuff. So go check that out. And that podcast is on all the streaming platforms as well. And next up is my friend, my chef friend, Steven. Uh, he's a chef based in Birmingham, Alabama. He posts his work to Instagram, and I love a good food Instagram page. He does like cooking lessons on Facebook and Instagram. He caters events, and he was recently featured in an article from a magazine up there in Atlanta. And he's been doing great work for a very long time. And next up is my guy Malcolm from Fandoms Anonymous, another content creator based. It's in it's in Mobile. Or Montgomery, Alabama. One of the two. He talks about the latest in movies, TV, comics, anime, and all the other good stuff. So if you like my podcast, I suggest you check out his work. And that's, once again, Fandoms Anonymous. It's on YouTube and Facebook. And next up for my artist friends, we got some talented artists I'm about to mention. We got Reggie. He owns his own business called Not So Start Artists. On that website, he, he sells his artwork and clothing on there and i recently bought the coveted coveted dragon ball do-rag from his site and he also has his own webcomic series called shaman ramen which is very good so go go check that out really good stuff out there next up my guy micah i mentioned him a few times on the podcast he makes the logos for the podcast he designs the merchandise and he does that too for other people and companies as well and it's great to have a friend like that. The podcast wouldn't look as good as it is without him. And last but not least, I got my news reporter friends. I consider them content creators as well because they report what they see and to give it out to the viewers, you know, content. So my news reporter friends, give him a quick shout out. My friend Jamal doing big things in North Dakota. He was on the podcast last year. He does all the sports reporting in the Fargo, North Dakota area. And my guy Rob, he does news in South Alabama. He does all the local high school and college games, all the local news too down there as well. Been trying to get him on the podcast for a minute now. He claims I never invited him, but I extended the invitation on a couple of occasions. But hopefully 
that will change in the future. So I just wanted to you know, take a moment and just highlight some of my favorite black content creators out there doing big things. Great work from all of you. So last week we got the first trailer for the new Mortal Kombat movie set to come out in a couple of months. This trailer came out and it had social media buzzing. I couldn't scroll down my feed on Instagram or Twitter or even Facebook without seeing someone talk about a new Mortal Kombat movie and rightfully so. First off, let me state that I am not the biggest Mortal Kombat person. I just know like some of the basics of the series. It's not that I don't think the games are good. I just never really been that big into fighting games. I'll play with some friends, but I probably won't go out and run to buy the new fighting game out at the time. But there's a real nostalgic feel when it comes to Mortal Kombat. This is possibly one of the first fighting games a lot of us played growing up. You know, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Tekken, Dead or Alive, Super Smash Brothers, and the list goes on and on. And a lot of us have fond memories of playing Mortal Kombat. When I think of Mortal Kombat, besides, you know, playing it as a kid, I think about my senior year in high school. Mortal Kombat 9 just came out, and as the school year was winding down, my friend in band, he brought his Xbox, and he brought the game, and we were, and we was all in the band, you know, playing it, and we was having fun and stuff, and, and next thing you know, the band director asked, could he hop on the sticks? He, he The band director was pr relatively young, probably early 30s at the time so he probably had memories of playing Mortal Kombat as a kid growing up and then me and my friends took turns basically giving the band director that work in Mortal Kombat we showed him no damn mercy so that is probably my fondest memory of playing Mortal Kombat but back to the movie I talked about this movie briefly back when I said HBO Max is putting out movies on their streaming service the same day as in theaters, and Mortal Kombat was one of these movies, and this will be the first Mortal Kombat movie since 1997. So we're talking about almost 25 years since we've seen a Mortal Kombat movie. And for what I was reading, this movie has been in the works since 2015, and when they started, they already had their eyes set on a 2021 release date. So I assume COVID didn't affect this movie as much as other movies, but it looks like the movie may be a revamp of the series, so... So I assume there's no continuity between this movie and the two movies that was released in the 90s. So we're going to do the usual when I talk about a movie trailer on the podcast, talk about some of the highlights and give you my thoughts overall on this trailer. So we got the Red Band trailer for this movie. Basically a Red Band trailer was like deal with the cussing in and show some more violence throughout the trailer. So the trailer starts off with a special forces officer looking for a fugitive in an abandoned building and the building's like covered with ice and all that stuff. He finds the criminal. Turns out the criminal is Sub-Zero. He attempts to shoot Sub-Zero and he freezes the gun right before the bullet comes out of it. And Sub-Zero freezes the man's arms and just snaps him cleaned off. And that man whose arms got torn off is Jax. So Jax and Sonya Blade recruit this dude named Cole, assuming he is the main character. And it looks like he's an MMA fighter and he has like the Mortal, the Mortal Kombat logo branded on him. He states he had it since he was born. Then Jax and Sonya told him that, hey, that's an invitation to compete in a Mortal Kombat tournament. Then over the course of the trailer, we saw bloody fight sequences one featuring scorpion killing like four dudes with his chain dagger and we got the introduction to a lot of the characters i already mentioned Jax and sonya blade then we see molina kano Liu kane personally my favorite character kung lao raiden and shang soon i always always butcher his name for some reason then the final sequence we see the big fight sub-zero versus scorpion 
the main rivalry in the game. And they start throwing hands, Sub-Zero cuts Scorpion, and he uses, like, after he cuts him, his blood just drips out, and he just froze his blood made to, like, a, a bloody ice dagger and stabbed him with it. Thought that was really cool. Then Scorpion throws his chain dagger and says his catchphrase, get over here. I'm not going to do the voice like I used to do in the past. Then after that fight, we see the title card. And after that, we see a montage of the characters' fatalities. This will be the first time in the movies that they're going to have the fatalities because the movie is going to be rated R. I assume, I think, yeah, I want to say the films in the past were PG-13. And that was basically the trailer. I liked it for the most part. But I was wondering, where is my guy Johnny Cage at? But you know they can't show all the characters in the trailer. So hopefully he's in the movie. But I did like that the trailer was very action-oriented. Most of the people are going to go to this movie to watch the fights. You know, Sub-Zero versus Scorpion. Looks like they had Raiden versus Shang Tsung. You got Goro versus Kano. And Liu Kang versus what it looked like Cabal. I had to pause the, the trailer a couple times to make it out. I, I paused it and I was like, that looks like one of Cabal's swords. So that is Liu Kang versus Cabal. But this film looks very promising to me. And a funny thing, a funny thing happened when the trailer came out, because apparently Chun Li was trending on Twitter because there are some people mad that she's not in the movie. That's because Chun Li is not a Mortal Kombat character. She's Street Fighter. Also, people were mad that Ryu from Street Fighter wasn't in the movie as well. Also, no, that was definitely Liu Kang. So just quick point of order, just do your research before you take your anger to social media. But all in all, the movie looks interesting. I am very intrigued by it. And this movie is set to come out April 16th. I'm still on the fence about watching it because of the whole HBO Max thing. But, you know, if I still got it after I watched the Justice League and uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, if I still got my subscription, I'll probably watch it, you know, watching the comfort of my own home. So I'm more than likely I'm going to check it out, but I wouldn't know. But I probably won't know until it's closer to its release date. So Snowfall is a show I've been wanting to watch for a couple years now. And earlier this month, I finally sat down and watched it. And I cannot lie, I like it a lot. But there's one problem. I need someone in Snowfall to cut a damn fan on or an AC on in the show. Because all the characters be sweating bullets in that show. Mainly Franklin and his uncle. And it doesn't help that Franklin stay wearing a jacket or a long sleeve shirt in that hot LA heat. But I just got done with season two, about to start season three pretty soon because the new season of Snowfall comes on the night on FX. And judging by the Hulu lineup, they're putting out the first two episodes, the very good stuff. So some of you may be asking, Jacob, what is Snowfall? I never heard of it or I've heard of it, but I never watched it or I'm just looking for something new to watch. Well, Snowfall can be that show. So Snowfall is set in the early 80s and it covers the beginning of the crack epidemic in LA. Recently a friend asked me, was it a good show? And I said yes. And I put it to him like this. If you like Breaking Bad, then you'll like Snowfall. I don't know why I always compare shows about drugs to Breaking Bad, but Snowfall follows three characters. You got the first character, his name is Gustavo. He's like the muscle for this woman whose family are like Mexican drug smugglers. Then we got Teddy, he's an undercover CIA agent. And then we have Franklin, the main character. He starts off by selling weed, and then you know the later weeds, the cocaine and crack. And usually, when it comes to shows like this, you have these three types of characters. You have the guy who's been in it for a minute, Gustavo. You got the undercover cop, Teddy, and a new guy, Franklin. So the show starts off with Franklin, you know, selling weed for his uncle. <laughs> 
And his uncle Jerome, I cannot lie. His uncle Jerome is the funniest character on that show. My favorite character because it's just I don't know why. I don't know why because I feel like we all have an uncle like Uncle Jerome in Snowfall. Just be yelling half the dance hallway. One of my favorite or two two of my favorite scenes in Snowfall <laughs> in season two. If you, I'm sorry, I was gotta say in season two, I'm gonna try to uh, explain this without spoiling anything. But season two, one part of season two, two of Franklin's you know uh, dealers got in trouble. And they needed to go, you know, handle the situation. And Jerome got his gun. He was like, I told them, boys, stop selling that shit on goddamn Pico. And <laughs> I know it was supposed to be a serious moment, but I was laughing so hard. Then, <laughs> then the other scene in season two was when Franklin and uh, his uncle Jerome had to go to his friend's house because his friend's dad was stealing, you know, the cocaine that they were supposed to be selling. <laughs> and Jerome came up to him. He got the, the guy's son. He was like, hey, man. Smack your goddamn daddy. He was like, huh? He said, come on, smack your goddamn daddy. Like, <laughs> like I know that's supposed to be a serious scene, but I was just laughing so hard. But <laughs> yeah, but uh, he starts off by selling weed for his uncle, and that leads to him dealing cocaine. You know, cocaine, yayo, what it rocks. Or my favorite saying, cocaina. You know, you got to hit the accent when you say it like that. But uh, that weed's, you know, to crack after Franklin meets a crackhead in Oakland and she takes him to her dealer and the dealer shows him, wait, no, she takes him to her dealer and the dealer takes him to their supplier and the supplier shows him how to cook the crack. But in the show, you could tell that Franklin is a good guy so far. I say so far because I haven't caught up yet. So basically in season one, he just learning the ropes of the drug game and you know, he gets two of his friends involved. To be honest, I'm not, I'm, I'm so, so, on his friends like you know of course if you watch the show you know what i'm talking about you know of course in season one leon was getting on my nerves because he thought like this is just a game you know they just sell the drugs and get money to spend it and his other friend basically the same way i always forget the other friend's name he's like the donald glover he's like the great value donald glover but i, I forget his name but basically uh, they think it's all about just selling it and smoking it but franklin knows you know it's more about that like, in the short time Franklin's been in the drug game, he experienced the highs, no pun intended, and the lows of the drug game. And yes, and yes, he knows a little bit, you know, by dealing weed, but the weed game and the cocaine game are extremely different, I assume. Not speaking from experience, but nowadays, you know, weed has started to become less taboo. You know, it's illegal in some states, and, you know, cocaine and crack will never be legal. So, in the first season, we see Franklin get, you know, some situations, we could see it he could clearly see the look on his face like, damn, what the hell I got myself into? Like, <laughs> he's like, damn, I'm I'm weighing over my head on this situation right here. And then he starts to realize that the drug world is dog eat dog. Then in season two, we see him starting to build his business. He gets more friends and get his family involved in the game as well. And I haven't started season three yet. Probably within the next couple of days, I'm going to see it. But judging by the season four trailer, Franklin looks like he's full on drug kingpin mode. I was getting some Frank Lucas American Gangster vibes from watching the season four trailer, but I'm not going to stay too long on Snowfall because I haven't caught up. If I would have finished it beforehand, I would have dove in deeper into the storylines and a lot of the other characters. And one more quick thing about Franklin. I had no idea that the actor that played him was British because I think I was on Wikipedia. You know, I'm one of the people, once I see a show, I get on Wikipedia and learn everything about it. And I saw the actor that played Franklin was born in the UK and I was like, huh? 
So went on, I think, a Breakfast Club interview, and he had this heavy British accent. I was like, dang, is the American accent that easy to do? Like, you wouldn't know how many actors on certain TV shows are British if you just look them up. But wrapping things up quickly, Snowfall is back with a new season tonight on FX. Highly recommend the show if you like Breaking Bad or just need something new to watch on TV. So the first half of the NBA season is almost over. So we're going to look into the NBA season so far. We're going to go over a few teams, give you my thoughts on them, and look into the second half of the NBA season. But let's look into the biggest injury that has ravaged the NBA season so far. COVID-19. We have had multiple games that were postponed because one team didn't have enough roster members because of a COVID outbreak. And all of those games have been rescheduled to the second half of the NBA season. Also, multiple star players have missed games due to COVID as well. Kevin Durant being the biggest. And I still remember that game where KD didn't start, but he played up until like the third quarter and was pulled for possible contact tracing. Multiple players have been missing games due to contract tracing. And that time is vital. According to the NBA, if a player does test positive for COVID-19, they have to sit out for at least 10 days minimum. That's three to four games they're missing right there. And that could affect their team's standings, especially if they're fighting for a playoff spot or hanging on to one. And those games can determine that. But hopefully the NBA can fix this. Well, technically, they can't really do anything about it. It all falls on the players. You know, they know the rules. They got to follow the rules in order, you know, for the team to stay healthy throughout the NBA season. But moving on, let's look to some of the teams, starting with the Eastern Conference. First off, we're going to start with the Sixers. At the time of recording, they're currently in first place in the East. Joel Embiid is playing at an MVP level. And y'all know in the past, I haven't been the biggest Joel Embiid guy, but I get my props when they are due. Joel Embiid is playing fantastic. Career highs so far in points, three-point percentage, field goal percentage, and free throw percentage. And they also have a better team than last year. I think the addition of Steph Curry is doing wonders. That was one of the things they were missing from last year's team. You know, a viable outside threat from three. And Danny Green added that as well. Also, you have the White Howard there. Plays great defense, gets your rebounds. That's all I can ask for him at this point of his career. And Ben Simmons is steadily doing his thing, averaging 15, 8, and 7. Next up is the Brooklyn Nets. Currently, the second seed in the East and gaining ground for that top spot. It was only a matter of time for the Brooklyn Nets to get the top spot in the East when you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. And they have been on a roll as of lately. They won their last seven games. And a large part of that winning streak is without Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has been nursing a hamstring injury for the last few games. But when you got Kyrie Irving and James Harden doing their thing, Kevin Durant could take all the time in the world to come back. And one of the biggest concerns when they got James Harden was their depth because they gave up Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, and Prince in those trades. But the other role players have been stepping up, and they're definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with in the Eastern Conference, especially when Kevin Durant comes back. Also, they have the best record against winning teams in the league this year. That means they're beating teams that they may see in the playoffs or in the NBA Finals. 
And now let's look at to the Milwaukee Bucks. Currently, they're in the third spot in the Eastern Conference. Not the place we thought the Bucks are going to be at this time. We thought they're going to at least be the two seed at worst because, you know, the Nets would be the top seed. But do the Bucks have the squad that can make a run? I think the Drew Holiday pickup was a good pickup. Chris Milton is playing great on the cusp for another 50-40-90 season. And would I be shocked if this team made the Eastern Conference Finals? No. Would I be shocked if they got bounced early in the playoffs? No. But Giannis is on the clock. He already has the player achievements, you know, defensive player of the year, two-time MVP, going for a third straight MVP. But he needs the big one, the title. But it's a hard road ahead to achieve that goal. Next up, the Miami Heat, the defending Eastern Conference champs. Do I believe that he can make it to the finals this year? No. Do I believe with the squad is healthy, they probably can upset the team in the playoffs? Yes. But they got to get to the playoffs first. They're currently the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference. So technically, they're in the playing games as of now, but I'm pretty sure they'd rather be a top six seed to avoid the playing games. And moving on, we're going to go to the most surprising team in the East so far this season. Couple candidates. We got the Knicks, who are currently seventh in the East. I had to do a double take when I saw this. I was like, dang, the Knicks is this high? But when I looked closer, they got a nice little roster. They added Derrick Rose recently. They got some good young players at Obi Toppin. And I want to say his name is Isaiah Quickly. And they also have young young players as well, like Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson from past drafts that can still can develop. Also, they got RJ Barrett. So they got a lot of young talent. But last but not least, they got Julius Randle who's been playing out of his mind this season, career highs in points, rebounds, and assists. Also, he's shooting 41% from the three-point line this season as well. And if they can keep it up, they could probably be in the playoffs or the playing games at minimum. But I got to give the biggest surprise to the Charlotte Hornets. It's been a long time. I mean, a very long time since the Hornets have been relevant. Even when they had Kimball Walker, they weren't really talked about that much. Now they got some buzz surrounding them. No pun intended, because they were trashing the Hornets in the offseason for their Gordon Hayward signing. I ain't gonna lie, I'm a Gordon Hayward fan. I've been following him from Butler to Utah. I personally thought he should have stayed at Utah because you would have had him, Donovan Mitchell, and the center's name, Rudy Gobert. Thought it'd be a nice little trio, but he went to Boston. Boston, of course, he got injured his first season there. Well, first game playing, first game playing with the Celtics. And he just never seemed to fit with what the Celtics are trying to do. But looks like he found a spot with the Charlotte Hornets. He's playing really good. They also got good players like Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham, Miles Bridges, and the runaway rookie of the year at the moment with Melo Ball. I think if the Hornets make the playoffs, Ball would definitely win Rookie of the Year because Anthony Edwards is playing great, but the Timberwolves, record-wise, are the worst team in the NBA. So the Hornets are my surprise team from the East this NBA season so far. Now moving on to the most disappointing team in the East so far. Got a lot to choose from. You got the Boston Celtics. They're currently 15-16 and 16 in the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. I had them as a dark horse in the East. I thought that they could possibly go score for score with Brooklyn with the, the trio of Kimball Walker, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. But Kimba has been out due to injury sometime throughout the season, and Marcus Smart is currently out with the injury as well. But I assume, you know, with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they could at least be a top-four team in the Eastern Conference. Then got the Atlanta Hawks. People thought the Hawks could fight for at least a 7 or 8 seed. They're currently the 11th seed in the East. Some injuries had held them back, but... 
I got to go with the Wizards for the most disappointing team in the East for the first half. Well, I don't know if they're disappointed now. Hell, they just beat the Lakers a few days ago, but we'll get into that later. So the Wizards, yeah, the Wizards, probably my opinion for the most disappointing team in the East. Granted, I know that the Wizards don't have the best roster, but I assume if you have Bradley Beal, who leads the league in scoring, and Russell Westbrook, who's almost averaging a triple-double, they could compete for at least a 7 or 8 seed in the East, but they're currently 13. But looking at the standings, I didn't see teams like the Hornets, Knicks, and other teams having good years at the moment, too. Now, let's look into the Western Conference. You already know when I talk about the West in the NBA, I gotta start off with my Los Angeles Lakers. Currently, we're the third seed in the West. I'm going to try and not stay too long about the Lakers. Keyword is try, but we got a lot going on. We already know the elephant in the room, the Anthony Davis injury situation, and they're labeling it as a calf strain. The same thing Kevin Durant had a couple years ago, and we all knew what happened back then. Golden State rushed him back, and he tore his Achilles in game one of the NBA Finals, and then boom, out for a year and a half. Luckily, it's still the regular season, and hopefully... They can sit him long enough. He's listed as out the two to three weeks and will be reevaluated. Hell, I say stay out longer than that. Stay at at least a month because I believe we got the roster that can go at least better than 500 in the time without Anthony Davis. And we shouldn't fall below the five seed at least with AD out. Granted, I didn't think we would lose Dennis Schroeder as well for contact tracing, but I think we could stay afloat. We just got to play better. For example, hit your damn threes. I'm not asking y'all to be Golden State with Steph and Clay. We were top 10 to threes for a while, and we fell to the middle of the pack now. At least hit the open threes or the ones you get a really good look at because last Saturday when we played against the Heat, we missed like three to four great looks from three at the end of the game. Wesley Matthews missed two. Kyle Kuzma missed one. That one was heartbreaking because he was like halfway in and it popped right out. Those are the ones that hurt <laughs> the most. And my guy Caruso, poor Caruso, he missed the buzzer beater that would have sent the game into overtime. And you could see the look on his face that, that missing that shot hurt. And LeBron, I think I said this in the past, you just got to tone it down from the three. Just tone it down just a little bit from three because I think he went one at eight from three against the Heat, like a couple of times instead of just jacking up a three because you at least drive the ball to a rim and get a more high percentage shot. But I think that's about it from the Lakers. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, never mind. Never mind. My bad. Also, one more thing. Hit your damn free throws as well. I remember, oh, my God. It's getting to the point now when, like, most, when most of our players go to the free throw line, I'm like, yeah, they're going to miss at least one of these, especially, you know, when you miss a free throw late. In the game, I don't know how y'all do it, but when I watch a basketball game and I look at the stats, let's say Lakers lose by, let's say Lakers lose by uh, three points, and I look at the free throws, like damn, we lost by three. We was thirteen of twenty four from the three point line. If we would have made at least five or six of those, or or five or six more, we could have won a damn game. But yes, and I covered all my stuff about the Lakers now. Stay afloat without Anthony Davis. Hit your threes. Hit your free throws and avoid the slow start at the beginning of every ball game. I know some games you're not going to have it, but you don't got to fall behind. What was to the Grizzlies 20, 22 to two? Yeah, you don't got to fall behind 10, 12 to 15 points at the end of every quarter, at the end of, at the end of every first quarter of a game. They got to scratch and claw your way back. That's how you 
waste your energy, you know, crawling back. And once you, you know, cut the weed, you're exhausted from trying to get the weed. And then the team just runs away with it again. But now I don't think I stay on. I don't think I stay too long about the Wiggins. But now moving on to the Clippers, currently second in the Western Conference. I can't lie. They're playing really good basketball right now, especially when they have their full lineup on hand. Kawhi Leonard, of course, playing great. Paul George is too, shooting 47% from three-point land this season. We got to the point now, like, back in the day, like, if you're shooting, like, 37% from three, you're like, wow, they're a top three-point shooter in the league. Nowadays, you shoot 30%, 37% from the three-point line, you're like, man, that's decent, but it's not like this guy who's shooting 42% from the three-point land, but... Okay, like I said, Paul George shooting 47% from three. Clippers currently leading the NBA in three-point percentage. And I can easily see this team making the finals, especially if the Lakers are missing, you know, the second-best player, Anthony Davis. And now moving out of L.A., going up to Portland with the Trailblazers, currently the sixth seed in the Western Conference, with Damian Willard being a big part of that, averaging 30 points a game this season. And there's a lot of teams that wouldn't have a winning record without, you know, their second and the third best player out in CJ McCollum and uh, Yusef Nurkic. And I think when this team is healthy, they could contend in the West. Now moving on to the Denver Nuggets, currently seventh in the West, a spot a lot of us didn't see coming from the Nuggets this season. But they had a lot of inconsistencies this season as well. Their first 30 games, for example, first 10 games out of those 30, 5 and 5. The next 10 games out of those 30, Seven and three in the last 10 games out of that 34 and six. You see inconsistency and the West is too stacked to be inconsistent. They have the talent to be a top four team in the West. You got, of course, you know, my guy, uh, the Jokic. You got Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. You got Morris. You got Will Barron and a lot of other good role players as well. And most people thought, you know, how they ended last season, they could take that momentum and take it into this season. But that is not the case at the moment. But I can still see this team making the playoffs and rounding out the eight, the eight spot in the Western Conference, the Golden State Warriors. A lot of people expected them to be in that six to eight seed range this season. Of course, we know without Klay Thompson, but Steph is doing it all. But he needs that consistent second option to take the pressure off him. And Draymond has never been the scorer. He's more of your do-it-all type player. You know, take the ball up court, assist, score a couple points here and there, and rebound, play defense. And we thought that the second scoring option was going to be Kelly Oubre or Anthony Wiggins. But they come and go. And I like the James Wiseman draft. He's been balling out before his injury. But they need that second score to keep the pressure off Steph. Moving on to the most surprising team in the Western Conference so far this season. By looking at the standings, people will probably say the Utah Jazz is the most surprising team. You know, roughly so. That's your opinion. You know, best record in the West and in the NBA. Donovan Mitchell is playing really well, career high in points and three-point percentage. And he's been improving each year since he's been in the league. That's something you want to see in your franchise player. And he's getting help from his teammates, too. Because four of the five starters are averaging double-digit points, along with the top two bench players in Clark City Ingles, they're averaging double-digit points as well. So you got six of the, your seven main players are averaging double figures. That's really good. But to me, they're not the most surprising team in the West. The Jazz have been consistent for the past few years. And to me, the most surprising team in the West is definitely the Phoenix Suns. Shout out my guy Jamal, big Suns fan. And the Suns are currently fourth in the west if you would have told me the suns will be fourth in the west i would have told you to get the hell out 
I had the Suns as a lower seed team around that six to eight range, but they're playing good. They finally have a point guard that will help play off Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Booker's scoring average is down from the past few years. That's bad on my part because he's on my fantasy basketball team, but I assume he doesn't mind that as long as they're winning and it's working wonders for them. Also, they got great players to support Chris Paul and Devin Booker too. Got DeAndre Ayton. Is it Mikel Bridges? And Cam Johnson. And also the Suns are one of the top defensive teams in the league too. Who would have thought? Now switching lane to the most disappointing team in the West. This was easy for me. Definitely the Dallas Mavericks. Currently ninth in the West. It was bad as 13 at one point. And this team we thought would be a top four team in the West. Luka was a heavy MVP favorite. I was going to pick Luka to be MVP this upcoming season. Then the last minute I talked myself out of it and picked Kevin Durant. But the team hasn't lived up to the expectations they had at the end of last season. I thought it was a big loss trading Seth Curry. And they just haven't been playing well this season, to be honest. They're moving on, the All-Star game. Yes, they're still having the All-Star game, much to the players' demise. And most of the big-time players don't even want to go. Their hearts won't be in it. But if you're still interested in the All-Star game, it is March 7th. And they're doing all of the events <laughs> on the same day. So before the game, you're going to have the skills competition and a three-point shootout. And go have the dunk contest during halftime. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Like The dunk contest is easily probably the longest event. And you're going to do it at halftime, which is usually probably 20 minutes at an All-Star game. But I don't know. What the hell do I know? I thought the plan was to have as least amount of people there as possible. But I assume the NBA is trying to recoup some of that lost income from last season, you know, by having this all-star game. And I'm just afraid that, you know, when all the players are there, they get together, let's say something spreads, God forbid, and all those players will go back to their cities. And who knows what the hell will happen then. So God help them. And after the all-star game, of course, the second season or the second half of the NBA season will start. At the moment, the second half of the schedules has not been released to the public yet, but it's going to get crazy because all those postponed games will be played in the second half of the NBA season. So you might have some teams playing back-to-back-to-back games or having a back-to-back game and a day off, then back-to-back again. And I haven't even mentioned that some games may be postponed in the second half of the NBA season as well. And how you determine seedings when all the teams probably didn't play the same amount of scheduled games. So that's going to be interesting to follow. Now let's talk about the MVP. I picked Kevin Durant to start the season with the win MVP. Now with him missing all these games, my pick is looking a little spooky. But he can make a run in the second half of the season. But if I had to pick my top candidates, my top five MVP candidates so far in no particular order, probably Joel Embiid. I say Damian Willard, Donovan Mitchell. I say LeBron James if they keep the Lakers afloat and Steph Curry. But wrapping things up, we'll talk about the NBA Finals. Like a lot of people, I had the Lakers versus the Nets in this year's NBA Finals. It looks good for the Nets part so far, but the Lakers, it's a little spooky with the Anthony Davis situation going on. But there's still a lot of basketball to be played. So we got a long road ahead until the NBA Finals. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your very 
busy day to give this podcast a listen. Thank you for all the likes, retweets, shares, subscribes, and all the support you give to the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Like I always say, I will not be here without you, the listener, and I thank you for that. Y'all take care, be safe, and I will see y'all next time.